hope you have an open mind, okay, and an open heart. Because the Lord never, ever does that. The, really, the foundation for me saying that is because Jesus already died on the cross. And when He died on the cross, He not only bore our sin, but the Bible tells us very clearly in multiple places that He also bore our, our sickness and disease. So from God's position... These things are finished. It is an accomplished fact. And so never will the Lord say, yes, no, maybe, tomorrow, later. You know what I'm talking about? Because he already said yes. Before you asked the question, he had prepared an answer. Before we sought Him, He sought us. Before you even had a thought towards God, (laughs) He had a thought towards you. Amen. He thought about you before you were born. Isn't that right? Before I was born. Then we came busting on the scene. And we came out selfish as all get out. We, we got to come in sliding in on the sin of Adam. <laughs> the Bible says we were in Adam, right? That's the, uh, that, that's the person we were connected to, sin. And we were good at demonstrating it, weren't we? We came out just talking about me, 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 me. Some people are still doing that. And uh, yikes. But uh, how many know the Lord knew that would happen? And before we ever said, Lord, I need forgiveness, before we ever said, Lord, I need help, he already made help. Amen. Even before the foundations of the world, he knew your name, he knew you'd be coming along, and he knew you'd be here tonight, coming in with a crooked knee, (laughs) coming in with a bad heart, coming in with a messed up spine, coming in with with, with cancerous cells ravaging your body. He, He knew you would show up. And he knew that he would be ready. I don't know if you've always been ready for everything. But I tell you what, God is ready. He came prepared with an answer. And his answer is, concerning all the promises of God in him, they are yes. And they are amen. And so God is not coming thinking, "Ah, what am I going to do with these people? There's, There's too much disease. There's too much pain. Provision has already been made. Thank you, Lord. Already been made. And so all we're going to do tonight is simply cooperate with the Lord. And we're going to knock some sickness and some pain and some problems out of people's bodies. So don't you mean the Lord's going to do it? No, I mean we're going to do it. I mean the Lord has anointed us. And he's, he's already provided. He already said yes. So I don't even really have to talk to him about it. I hope that doesn't bother some of you. But he already gave us the answer. And he gave us the power and he gave us authority in his name. And so we're simply going to knock the devil around. Step on the bruise. (laughs) Amen. And so get ready to go. Praise the Lord. If you've got your Bible, I want you to look with me at Romans chapter 8. And and let me share a few things with you from, uh, from the Word of God before we get ready to minister and lay hands on the sick. Romans the 8th chapter and if you come tonight to support others who are being getting healed I want you to know you're helping 
Okay, I want you to know your faith and your praise and worship and your support of those. It's going to help to knock the problems out of someone else's life. If you come tonight and you need uh, a physical healing touch in your body, I want you to get excited. Okay, don't be depressed any longer. Don't be thinking about, oh, how am I going to live with this or die with this in, that, in some situations. I want you to t- turn that attitude right around immediately and begin to get excited because it's about to change in your life. God is in this place and He's about to do some works through us. We're going to take a step of faith and we're going to impart some anointing. We're going to speak to problems, command them to go, and God's going to stand there right with us whether we see Him or not saying, that's right. And he's going to back up everything we're saying and doing because ultimately it's the, he's the one that's doing it, right? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So if you, if you have need, get ready. Get ready. Get excited. Amen. Amen. Get excited just like you're about to go on vacation. <laughs> and you're starting to think about it. Thinking, you're thinking about the sand going and warm water coming up through your toes. You're not going to the Oregon coast. You're going south. <laughs> And you're starting to think about, you know, having a good time. Get excited because the future is bright. Your future is better than your past. Your tomorrow is better than your today. And that's what we need to get excited about. And faith is always excited. So how do I have faith? Don't worry about it. Just get excited. (laughs) And it'll be right there in place, ready to go. You'll get ready to get something. Amen. Romans chapter 8 And verse number 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Who who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Notice there is no condemnation. I like that word, no. (laughs) No. I like the word yes, too, but I like the word no. How much condemnation is there? Zero. Zippo. Zilch. There is zero condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, why is that the case? Why is there no condemnation? It's simply, it's because in Christ, He was condemned. He was condemned, therefore there's no condemnation left for those who receive what he did. If I am in myself, or as we said earlier, in Adam, or just in the flesh, in myself, apart from what the Lord did, there is condemnation. Okay, condemnation is not fun either. (laughs) It's, it sucks the life out of you. It sucks the, the confidence out of you. It'll suck the strength out of you. Okay? So apart from what the Lord did and provided, there is condemnation. But he said, in him, there is none. For those who are in Christ, there is no condemnation. That's good news. Condemnation, like I said, is a killer. But Jesus was condemned in our place. How many know we must understand concerning the life and ministry of Jesus, what he did as our substitute and what he did as our example? Okay, sometimes there's confusion there. 
The way Jesus lived and how he ministered to others and his compassion, his mercy, his character, so many things. He did those things for us as an example that we should follow and do the exact same things. There are some other elements of his life that he did not do as an example for us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. When he went to the cross and took sin and disease and curse in his life, Bible says, remember, in uh, Galatians, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. He was cursed for us, right? He became a curse, right? Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, he became sin for us. We're not supposed to be in sin or in a curse because we're not supposed to follow the Lord in that. You know, every, every year around, around Easter, you hear stories, you hear news stories about uh, some folks in, uh, in the Philippines, um, and there's, uh, there, there's some groups of people out there, and they crucify themselves to the cross. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah. They crucify themselves, not to death, but definitely to the pain, <laughs> Right? And uh, how many know that's not really a good idea? Not just from a, a pain standpoint, but for someone to actually be deceived to think that if they suffer like Jesus did, somehow it makes them better or it makes them more holy or something like that. That is really wrong thinking along with painful, right? We cannot do anything at all to add to what Jesus did as our substitute. N- nothing I do completes that or makes it more than what it is. Even if I do things that are good, like give to help, help another person in need or show kindness and love and mercy to other people, we should all be doing that. But how many know that doesn't add to or make the work of Jesus complete in any way. No, what he did is fully complete. Nothing can, nor is anything needed to be added to that. Okay, this is where sometimes people, uh, you know, not necessarily, they wouldn't explain it that way, but uh, they've received the Lord and they believe he died for their sins, but they're constantly trying to add to it. They don't feel like it's really enough. They feel like, Yes, I received the Lord, but I really need to do this, this, and this. Well, no, you don't. You need to do zero. Except say, Lord, I believe what you did is sufficient. It's enough. It's totally complete. And I take it. I receive it by faith. I'm not going to try to perfect what you started. No, you did it all. You perfected it all. And I'm just going to say humbly, yes. Thank you, Lord. I receive it. It's done. I'm not going to try to do anything else. Amen. Amen. Okay. And it's especially true now when it comes to our healing and receiving things from God. Do you know that there's nothing else you need to do to get healed? Do you know that there's nothing else you need to add to what Jesus did to make you better in some way so that you can get God to heal you? I know some people who wanted to be healed. They repented on the way. And that's fine. That's good. That'll help your heart. <laughs> but I want you to know, healing's already been taken care of. 
okay? And if you're feeling like, I'm feeling mighty low, just feel, feeling like I'm not just measuring up, fine, you're a prime candidate for God's mercy. You're the kind of person he specializes in. If you come up here uh, tonight and you need healing in your body and you, you've got in your mind, okay, I've, been, I've prayed enough. I've been in the Word. I've been giving. I've been, t- I've been treating people right. I've, and you can th- you're thinking of all the stuff that you've got going on that's good and that's right. <sighs> you're in trouble. Okay, what do you mean you're in trouble? I mean your approach to God is wrong. We do not get things from God based upon our goodness or our holiness in any way. If you've been good, I'm glad. I want you to be good. I want to be good, and, and we should want to live right and do things right and do things honorable, honorable before God and all men. However, when you come before Him, it's... Lord, this has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with you. And I just receive by faith what you've offered me for free. And you know what? The person who's been living right all day, they get it. You know, and the person who's feeling like, man, I know I'm not holy and I'm not like somebody else. They get it too. And what happens when we leave? (laughs) The Lord gets all the glory. And that's the way it was designed. It's the way it was intended. Not so we can come out of here going, you know, I am powerful. Man, I have faith to move mountains. Man, whatever. And so... Again, the Bible says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ who walk not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Sometimes people get tripped up by that second part and they think, yeah, but yeah, that walking in the flesh and not in the Spirit and I've been in the flesh so I'm condemned. And uh, I want to help you understand this. First of all, the second part of the verse doesn't undo the first part of the verse. It wasn't the intention there. Okay. And if, that, if it's read that way, sometimes people just kind of minus away the whole first part of the verse because they know they've walked in the flesh. All right. Even if you're walking in the flesh, I want you to know it's not God who's condemning you. But the Bible tells us over in 1 John that sometimes our heart, our own heart will condemn us. Okay? Our own heart will condemn us, and then it really saps away our confidence. But there's an easy solution to that. Okay? It's called, it's called saying, Lord, I receive your grace and your forgiveness. Yeah, I haven't measured up, but this is not about me. I receive your mercy. And you know what? You're not in the flesh doing that. You're totally in the spirit doing that. That's totally the will of God. It's his perfect plan and will for your life. And when you do that, what happens? Your heart gets confident knowing that you qualify to receive God's best. Amen. You absolutely qualify. Glory to God. I tell you what, that's the place the Lord wants us to be. He doesn't want you coming before him cowering. Now you can... We bow sometimes out of humility, but not bow out of, I'm a piece of junk. I'm just a waste of flesh, wasting the oxygen. The Lord wants to lift you up. Amen. If you'll come before Him on His terms, you come before Him, Lord, I repent. How many know the first thing He's going to do is say, it's, t- it's done. It's done. And He's going to lift your head right up. Cock your shoulders back. Say, now walk straight. Now walk strong. I'm with you. I'm not against you. I'm for you. I want you to, I want you to know that I'm always going to be there for you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes you just you just need to let yourself shout if you need to. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And so God doesn't heal the heal uh, based on the righteousness of the sick, just like He doesn't save a person based on their good deeds. And let's read verse two. This is what I was trying to get to. Verse two, Romans eight two. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. From the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Has made me free. From the law of sin and death. First of all notice the language used here. Notice the terminology. We're talking about laws. Okay. Just like there are natural laws. There are also spiritual laws. And they work the same way in this regard. If something is a law. It works for everybody. Works for Mr. Nice Guy. It works for the jerk. Know what I'm talking about? The, if it's a law, it works. Okay. Just now, of course, we understand that by the natural, physical laws that we're all very aware of. At least some of, we're aware of some of them, anyway. The biggest one we're aware of is gravity. How many know? Gravity works for every single one of us. Okay. If you lived right today, it works. <laughs> if you if you if you sped you you know exceeded the speed limit gravity still works for you okay we could all every single one of us get up on the the roof of this building and one by one we could do a pre-jump interview <laughs> find out the condition of your life find out your how much faith you have you know whatever ask all kinds of questions ask who you voted for uh, everything we get and then but everyone one at a time we're all going to jump and how many know gravity is going to work for every single one of us no matter what those other elements are in your life that's the way a law works okay but how many know we're dealing with two laws here the law of sin and death and the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus Two laws, okay? Now, we know this from the natural realm again. Is, is gravity always in force? Can we turn gravity off? No. We cannot cause gravity to cease from existence in this natural world. Can we in any way overcome gravity? We can. If you've ever been in an airplane you know that gravity's still in force, but you're still in the air, right? And there were many, many, many uh, years, thousands of years, where people did not know that they could overcome that. People were stuck on the ground, right? And then Wilbur and Orville came along. <laughs> not Redenbacher, but right. <laughs> See, he invented popcorn, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they came along and, and how many know there was some uh, but basically um, how do people fly today well uh, of course gravity stays in force but they apply a law called lift right and then like a propeller or a jet will cause thrust and even even without lift you take a rocket how many know you can go straight up as long as you got enough power you can get free from gravity. Any person can. 
If you apply the right principles and laws, you can break free and, you know, get up in space and gravity no longer has you. Huh? You just float. You know, an airplane continues to have the air pass over the airfoil and it allows you to stay up in the air and even though gravity is still in force. All right, here's the deal now. The law of sin and death, that has to do with this. You've sinned and you die. How do you like that? (laughs) Sin produces death and that's a law. That is just the way sin works. It is the very reason why any of us in here today have any kind of sickness or disease or some kind of breakdown in our bodies or or even mentally. It is because sin produces death. And death works in people's lives in various ways. One of them is sickness and disease. So are you saying I'm sick because of sin? Yes. I'm not necessarily saying that you sinned and it's a direct result of your sin. It could have opened the door. However, sin is in this world. Sin is in this place that we live. And that's the very reason why people suffer so much. Okay? Might want to tell a few talk show hosts that. When they always try to ask a Christian... Well, if God is good, why is there so much evil in the world? It's called Father Satan and Mother Sin and the free will of a human being. Amen. And the fact that God doesn't force His way upon everything, does He? He's given authority to us to operate in the earth and to do good things. Okay. And so sin produces death. That's gravity. That's gravity. Can we overcome it? The Bible tells us very clear here. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from gravity. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will allow us to fly. It will allow us to, we will have, by that life, by God's power, we have enough force to break us free from The law of sin and death that wants to hold us down. And that law will keep every person grounded in junk, in bunk, in all kinds of nasty stuff. Unless they learn about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Which means, listen, law of sin and death says we get what we deserve. Law of the spirit of life says we get what we don't deserve. Law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus says Jesus took what I deserved and I took what he deserved. <laughs> and he and that was the plan the whole time. He wanted to take our place, overcome, and hand it to us for free and say, I love you. I want you to live. I want you to have life. I want you to feel good. I want you to have a smile on your face. And I want you to live with me forever. Amen. Isn't that a good plan? Oh, thank God for his grace. Thank God for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Jesus. It means we get what we don't deserve. Death is simply separation from life. Life is a force that sustains. It empowers, it enables, and it even corrects the effects of death. We're operating here today in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's why I'm really, really confident 
If it were all about me, I would be scared to even talk like this. You know what I'm talking about? But I'm not operating in myself. And we're not here gathered in our own name. We're here gathered in His name where He is present. And this is where God is going to have His way. And that's where life is going to flow to your body today. Look at the 11th verse here in Romans 8. Verse 11 says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. If someone said, I don't know if that life, that law of the Spirit of life is really talking about healing. Well, this verse is clearly talking about healing. And it's in the same context. The Spirit of life in us will quicken our mortal bodies. As long as I'm not approaching Him on the basis of I've got to be perfect and I've got to do uh, X, Y, and Z in my life, uh, then I, I can approach based on He already did. A through Z, <laughs> Alpha and Omega, He finished it all and I'm coming on that basis. So the Spirit of God dwells in us and quickens. That means make alive. Make alive. Amen. Well, what if my arteries are clogged? Make alive. Quicken. Quicken. Yeah, but what if I got, you know, what if it's cancer? Make alive. Cancer's killing you. But the spirit of, law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus will make you alive. Amen. I believe that right now, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has taken effect and we're hovering. We're already starting to come up. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. And I believe there's life even right now in this place that's flowing. Life. Amen. Say it out loud with me. Life. life. The life of God, life of God is, working is working in me now. I give it place, give it place. to work in my body, work in my to work in my mind. To work in my life. I resist. All pain. And all shame. I resist. The spirit. Of sin and death. From operating in my life. Let me show you one more verse here. John chapter 3. And we're getting ready. We're going to lay hands on the sick. Thank you Lord. Let the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus dominate in our lives. Would you be willing to submit to that? To life working in you. Maybe you've given place to death in your, in your life. Man, maybe you've given place. Maybe you've done things to open the door to death working in you. Well, I say, I say that's stopping tonight. We're giving God place. See, we're yielding to one thing or the other. Sometimes people think all, every thought that they have is original. And everything that they are, well, that's just because that's just the way I am. I decided to be that way. No, no. There are, there are, uh, there are spiritual forces at work, planning thoughts. Every thought you have is not your own. <laughs> Amen. But well, here's what we're going to do tonight. We're yielding to God's thoughts. Amen. And we think like Him. As a man thinks in his heart, the Bible says, so is he. And so we're going to be, what, just like Him, because we think like Him. In John chapter 3, verse 12, of course, this is when Jesus was talking to Nico, Nicodemus. 
talking about him about being born again. John 3 and verse 12. I have told you earthly things and you, did not, you do not believe. How will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? He said, no one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. It's very interesting to me how Jesus left his heavenly abode, took on flesh, became a man. Remember, he took on flesh, dwelt among us, became flesh and dwelt among us. And the thing is, though, he never left his connection with heaven. Jesus, in his life and ministry, always operated out of the resources of heaven while everyone else was limited to gravity. Everyone else was limited to what was happening here on the earth, which the law of sin and death was run rampant at that time. It hadn't even been corrected, right? Everyone else was used to living natural. Jesus showed up on the scene, and he drew all of his strength and wisdom and words and power to heal and all his life out of his connection with heaven. It was almost like he was still there. And in one sense, he was. But yet, he was on the earth. And how can we have the same results and manifest the same glory that Jesus did while on the earth? We operate out of heaven's realm. We're grabbing hold of the resources and the privileges and the rights that we've been given in Christ. And we're taking those things and applying them to the earth. And what's it doing? It's overriding. It's overriding sin and death. And too many people, their lives have been bombarded. Their lives have been shaken and rattled apart by sin and by death and destruction all around them. And they're hurting and they have pain. But thank God for the life of God that's been given to us. And we all we need to do is say, yes, Lord, I'll take some of that. Yes, Lord, I'll receive some of that life. I may not deserve it. I may not have done everything right. But I'm not coming on that basis. I'm coming on the basis of your love and your mercy and what Jesus did for me on the cross. And so I'll go ahead and take some. Amen. Amen. Didn't pay for it. Didn't deserve it. But I'll take it anyway. You know God's really pleased with that. Don't, don't ever have a mindset, again, like the people who want to nail themselves to the cross, where you want to beat yourself up because of some of the things that you have, you've done wrong. Come on, every one of us could do that if we wanted to dumb well I I just I know the Lord has I just can't take it you ever met someone who can't take a gift you know you want to bless them you want to give them some money you want to pay for something for them oh no no I, I don't take handouts then you don't get saved either the Lord is all about handouts are you listening not that we make demands on people but if someone's offering Good word to remember is, yes, thank you. Huh? Well, no, I, I make my own money. I put... Well, you listen, we've got to watch out for pride. That's a hindrance to receiving from God. If I have to earn everything before I'll take it, the, Lord, the Lord's business doesn't come that way because you can never earn it. You're not good enough. Not strong enough. You can never do enough good works or good deeds to merit God's favor and His blessing. So it's either I take it for free or I don't get it. Everybody ready to take some things for free tonight? Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand up on our feet. Praise God. Thank you for the victory, Lord. Thank you for the victory.
Thank you for your life. Lord, we honor you. We bless you tonight. We magnify your name. You're worthy of our praise. Lord, I thank you for your healing flow, the manifestation of your spirit. Thank you for good things that come down from above. Good, good things that come down from above. Lord, we take hold of that which, we, that which belongs to us now, that which Jesus provided for us. We thank you for it. We receive it by faith. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Glory, glory, glory to the name of Jesus. Glory to the name of the Lord. Praise God.